Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Adoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I discuss Chris Jones's new contract. Joe, you know, a week ago we were looking. Uh, Chris Jones was sending. He had uh, tweeted with Le'Veon Bell, kind of hinting at a holdout. So I, I really didn't see this coming. Uh, <laughs> did you? Well, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I was really surprised because you know there was the the hints of a holdout, and then I guess one, maybe like an offshoot. And we're, I'm, I don't want to go off on too far of a tangent, but holding out for what? Like if we don't have a season, there'd be nothing to hold out from. Which like that added, and I and I say that tongue in cheek, that added a whole level of complexity to this whole deal, right? Totally. Whether or not there's going to be a season, and how effective the season's going to be, and all that stuff. So, I was super surprised, and but also super excited to see the Chiefs lock up, you know, a legend in the making. In, in, and, and I think it, it helps the team. It helps the fans. It helps most people. But I think one of the things I would like to get into in our pod today is who it hurts, you know, who it even hurts on the, on the Chiefs and how, on how a big contract like this can have some negative implications as it relates to building, you know, long-term chemistry with the franchise. Totally. And we'll get to that. But on the positive, you know, kudos to Brett Feach, kudos uh-huh to uh, who's running the salary cap for the Chiefs because this like they were pretty flush up against the salary cap going into the season. You're like, well, they're definitely not going to be able to keep Sammy Watkins. He had a lot of money due. Um, instead, they really kept almost everybody except for Reggie Ragland and Kendall Fuller, 20 of 22 starters, and they can sign Mahomes to a mega contract. And then they're, I think we both agree that Chris Jones is the best defensive player on the team. Don't you think? Absolutely. For, for the role that he plays and, and what a defensive tackle does for, for a defense and that, and, and being sort of the focal point of that, especially with all of the, the, the expansive complications of the offenses these days, Mm -hmm. the defensive tackle has become, you know, even more important. And I think, what they've done with Frank Clark and with Chris Jones shows you that the Chiefs, at least, and I think like a lot of other organizations, are saying that just like in – well, look, I'm a lineman. Of course I'm always going to side with offensive linemen and, and, <laughs> and use that old cliche that the game is won up front. We always have believed that, right, on the offensive side, that if you didn't have a good line, you could have Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Tom Brady, whoever in the backfield. You know, if you don't have a good line to support them, good things aren't going to happen. I think – Defense is starting to see that too, mm-hmm. that they're saying that the game is won up front, right? And that and and the, and the, and the Chiefs are showing that. I think other teams are showing that, um, and where they're putting their money, where their where the mouth where their mouths are, right? And and focusing on on what they're doing up front. I mean, this is a great thing for the Chiefs. And I, I didn't mean to start it off with like a sort of like the negative side of it. This is fantastic. And in this day and age of what have you done for me lately? We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, right, on, on different pods, that, that no team has back-to-back Super Bowl wins. And how long has it been, Jeff? I'm, I think you, it's 04-05 like, with the Patriots. Yeah, 15 years, right? You have a much uh-huh. better memory for that kind of stuff than I do. Um, but, like, there, you got to go for it right now. You, you almost can't even think two, three, four years down the totally. road. you got to just, like, if they haven't had a, a, a back-to-back winner in the NFL in the Super Bowl in 15 years, 
go for it, right? Get all the guys in you can and we'll kind of like, we'll deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. And that seems to be sort of the mentality that the Chiefs are taking with this run it back theory. I even saw a tweet from, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, over the last weekend where he was talking about, you know, running it back. And, and, and if you're going to take that philosophy, then pour it all in and, and go all in and let's, let's win another one right now and, and we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And run it back has certainly been their mantra. Yeah, you've seen it a lot on social media, on, on shirts and what have you. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, again, stunned in a positive way that they were able to, to get all this done. And, and part of it is, you know, uh, with Mahomes' contract, he's still actually, despite this, you know, half a billion dollar uh, extension, he still is on his rookie deal for two more years. So that gives them a little bit of a flexibility, a little flexibility there. Um, and I think where it could, the Chiefs could be in some trouble in 2021 in the sense that I think from what I've read and the way it, these contracts are structured, that they're hoping the salary cap uh, goes up. Uh, mm-hmm. And that might not be the case with, uh, you know, TV contracts and yeah, right. all the finances that are going to go into it. You're right, Jeff. That's a little bit of a gamble, I think, for for Brett Veach and and the Chiefs organization. But nonetheless, just amazed they were able to pull it off. You know, b- between you said the uncertainty of the coronavirus and just locking down Mahomes and these uh, tweets, I really was. You know, it's like I was trying to get my schedule out and for my. Um, uh, Forbes job. I was kind of. I was actually starting articles like I was looking at the Chiefs' record without Chris Jones because I kind of what I thought was going to happen. I thought I was going to hold out for a little bit. Eventually, sign the one-year uh, fran- uh, franchise tag for like sixteen million, and then maybe have to get traded. This, I mean, mm-hmm. wow! What great news and what expect unexpected news for the Chiefs. Yeah, definitely, and 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 they're they're definitely doing a great job of locking up the people that they're prioritizing, right? And I think. You know, one of the things that this does for the team um, is just like we've been talking about when you complimentary players, right? This is a huge benefit for Frank, Frank Clark. I mean, this is this is this allows him to be Frank Clark and mm-hmm. to have an interior rusher pressuring the pocket. I mean, let's get let's get tactical at this point, right? Let's really think about the tactics of of why a Chris Jones is so important to the rush. If you don't have somebody, and you know, you know. If you don't have somebody on the inside to absorb the guards and the centers, you can you can push help out to the Frank Clarks, and it makes them much less effective. We talked about it, you know, the Eagles did it with Clyde Simmons and Jerome Brown and Reggie White, um, they, how effective they were when you have multiple pass rushers and multiple defensive uh, line players that can that can clog up the middle. The Chiefs, we did it with Neil Smith and Derek Thomas. Think mm-hmm. about those era those eras when when Neil and and Derek were so complimentary of each other, even though they were on opposite sides of the rush, you still had to push the protection somewhere. And when when Derek was getting double and triple teamed, it was leaving Neil one on one and vice versa. You know, when Neil was going up against a lineman who may not have been as strong, you know, they're singling Derek Thomas up and you see what happens when you do things like that. You know, the Andy Heck game, you know, seven sacks where Derek was going one on one with Coach Heck and it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's a huge win for Frank Clark and it's going to let him go wild on the edge and to, to, to do his thing, which I'm, I'm really excited about. He, Chris Jones may not have the season people would expect for somebody who's signing for $80 million, but when you watch what it's going to do to the other teams, what it's going to do for coverage, 
you know, what it's going to do for the linebackers not having to drop back in coverage so fast, or it's just, it's so many pieces of a defensive puzzle that go into this. And I think that's why it's such a, that's such a great move. And that's a pivotal position these days, run game, pass game, uh, you name it, he, he can do it all. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Totally. Huge for Frank Clark. And both he and Chris Jones now are, have two, are the two of the highest paid defensive players in all of football. And, you know, I, I looked at the contract a little bit for um, Jones, and it's either you could call it a four-year $80 million deal or a four-year 85. There's like $5 million in the incentives. Um, so if it's like a four-year $80 uh, million deal, to put in perspective, that's the third highest average um, for a defensive lineman. Uh, Aaron Donald has the mm-hmm. most, which he absolutely should. I think Aaron Donald is in the league by itself. I think Aaron Donald and Mahomes are probably the two best players in the NFL. In the whole league, yeah. He, yeah, he may be the – Aaron Donald would be the, the best defensive player. The player in the league. Linebacker, totally. quarterback, whatever. And, and then the next one with about um, slightly above Jones is DeForest Buckner. So he's making about $21 million a year. was just traded – from the Niners to the Colts in the offseason because they knew they couldn't pay him. And then Chris Jones is right there in 20 million, which I think is exactly where he should be slotted. He is one of the best defensive linemen. About I think he and DeForest Buckner are good kind of cops. That's mm-hmm. how good they are. We saw how good Buckner was in the Super Bowl. And uh, you know, just uh and Aaron Donald's in another league. But you know, such a um I, I think that's about where he he belongs. Don't you agree, Joe? I think so, Jeff. I think you nailed the the nail right on the head. It's it's exactly where the Chiefs wanted him. It's exactly where he is in relationship to the whole league and not just def- defensive linemen and not even really just defense. I think he's definitely in that in that category. And you know, it's one of those things you you, you want you want fans of the game to watch the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And and you can't you can't get caught up in personal statistics when it comes to playing team defense. And that's what the Chiefs do. You know, they play team defense. And when you have one position um, that, you know, can really dominate like that, it just makes everybody else better. And, and they're going to be double teaming and triple teaming him. And like I said, I don't want to beat this to a pulp, but you're going to see Frank Clark's game get elevated. You're going to mm-hmm. see better play out of the linebackers. You're going to see different coverages that the Chiefs can throw at teams, different blitzes, packages. Because when you have all of the pieces of the puzzle – and you have some, and you have a couple of players that can dominate like that. It it absolutely does. So I hope that you know fans don't get caught up in, oh man, if he doesn't have the sack totals that you know that he 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 you think somebody who's making eighty million dollars would would have, you got to watch what it does for the other players. And I think that's important. That's very important. That's that's seeing the big picture of football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some great stuff out there on on what they call weak link and strong link sports like soccer you know um you know there's a great book it's it's like the soccer version of the book moneyball and it talks about how you know you can have all the messies and the and the cristiano ronaldos that you want but if it takes like six or seven passes to get the ball to them in the striking zone right in soccer to use that as an analogy so they call soccer a weak link sport because the reason it's a weakling sport is if your weakest link isn't good, it doesn't matter. Like I said, Messi, you could have the you could have Messi times ten on your team, but if he's not touching the ball, he's not going to score. And then football is the same way. 
uh, as opposed to like basketball, which, which is, is usually deemed as a strong link sport. When you get a LeBron James or a Ben Simmons or, you know, uh, Joel Embiid, I'm, you know, pulling out my Sixers fan here. Um, <laughs> you, you know, the better that your best players get, the better your team is going to be because LeBron James can take the ball from one baseline to the other and he doesn't even need to pass it. So, of course, you want to have those superstar players and you can, you can build a team around them. Look what the Bulls did with, with Michael Jordan because basketball is a strong link sport. The better your best player is, the better the team will be. Of course, you don't want to have schlubs out there who can't dribble or shoot, but you know what I mean, like using that analogy. And, and so I want fans to think about football as a weak link sport. The better all of your players get, the better your team is going to get. So I think – it might sound counter to what we're talking about as far as like locking in these big name players, but you know, football is one of those games where, you know, each of the players this off season is going to get a little bit better and the chiefs are keeping that structure together. And, and by having Chris Jones play a little bit better, it's going to make everybody else play a little bit better. And that, and that's why I think football falls into more of the realm of a soccer than it does a basketball because you, you know, imagine if the chiefs didn't have a good secondary, you know, Chris Jones, he, he could be ineffective. And if you don't have a good defensive line, you know, and your secondary gets exposed, you could have great corners back there, but if they don't have time to cover and, and quarterbacks can take their time in the pocket, then they can pick any quarterback could pick any defensive backfield apart if they have time to throw. So just, you know, want fans just to think about it, not to be you know making a very long answer to a short question, but, I think they need to really focus on how this affects the whole team and not just looking for huge stats out of Chris Jones next year in his defense, because he is going to be, they're going to be all over him. Teams are going to be all over him. Yeah. Interesting analogy. And also thoughts about those complimentary players. We're going to get back to Chris Jones's contract. Uh, but first, what's the number one sign of a bad home security system, a home security system that's so complicated, you never use it. That's exactly the type of system SimpliSafe has spent a decade fighting against. SimpliSafe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24-7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to SimpliSafe.com team and get free shipping and a 60-day money day back. Excuse me, 60-day money back guarantee. That's SimpliSafe.com team. It feels good to fear less. Uh, back to the contract here with uh, Chris Jones. I kind of, Joe, want you to get inside his head a little bit. You've been in contract negotiations. You've had teammates do that. I just find it um, so fascinating that, again, he was tweeting with Le'Veon Bell, and everyone was a little bit nervous that Bell had held out an entire year, and they kind of said how that was. What do you think Jones's plan was? Do you think he would just – making sure the Chiefs followed through? Do you think this is something that, you know, is a deadline business that maybe until that July 15th deadline stuff didn't really start picking up negotiation-wise? What, what do you think happened? Well, I think, Jeff, you bring up a great point. Social media has taken on a whole new level in all of this. And, and it starts, believe it or not, it starts with recruiting out of high school. You know, I see things, you know, I had a chance to coach high school football for, you know, 10 years. And, you know, I saw things now today with social media that I never saw when I was coaching high school football. You know, the whole recruiting thing and how 
uh, players have to tweet out their commitments to put pressure on other teams, you know, when before that was a phone call or maybe it was a text to a coach saying, hey, look, coach, I just got an offer from Notre Dame or this school or that school. And, you know, it kind of puts that pressure on uh, now social media raises it to an instant. It's instantaneous, right? You can put you can put the pressure on people right away. And I think it's just it's go it's ticking up and up and up. I mean, college you know players are even you know tweeting out things about the draft and where they think they should be and how they're doing at the combine and you know it's just social media has added a level of complexity to this thing that is is amazing and and I think it it just you know it allows players to be able to be more vocal about what where they sit and where they think things should be and I and I think that's probably what you know Chris Jones was doing. If I were to put myself into into his head as a player, God, if you know, it's not that I ever even dreamt about, <laughs> about having that kind of leverage, but I could only so I can only surmise and I can only imagine and guess what that would feel like to be able to 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 go to your phone and put some pressure out there and say, you know what, hey, Le- Le'Veon Bell, you know, and have a Brett Veach or an Andy Reid or you know you know somebody you know. Uh, coach Spags, you know, now texting each other like, Hey, do you guys see that thing? What are we doing? Where are we? You know, not that anybody probably would be texting Clark Hunt about it, but you know, you could only imagine the amount of consternation that, that something like that would cause among the organization when it's out there in the public eye instantaneously. Um, and then you get the fan pressure and the fans are, the fans are tweeting and who I, 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 I really, uh, I'm glad I didn't operate in my life, but both high school, college, and then in the NFL with the pressures of social media. And I think that adds a whole level of complexity to it that um, we didn't have to deal with that. If you go back and think about some of the negotiations and the things that players did and how like all of a sudden we just found out one day that Joe Montana was signing with the chiefs. And we found out one day that, you know, Marcus Allen was signing with the chiefs. There was no, there was not, it was like maybe a rumor that you saw and heard on a radio station, but I mean, now it's so instantaneous and it's coming from the source. Right. A simpler time. So you think, and I know we're just speculating here, that, that it was almost a move by Jones. Just put a little bit of pressure on the Chiefs just to make sure, which, hey, if, if so, it paid off literally and figuratively. Why not? Right? Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not use all of the facilities that are out yeah. there to help put yourself in the best negotiations you know, uh, position? Um, it, it, it's you know, it probably got him extra money. It probably allowed him to lock this deal in. It, it, it just got it done. Right. So whether you can, hindsight's always 2020 and you can say, well, did, did it, did it help get the deal done? Well, guess what? The deal got done and maybe you can attribute a little bit to a little bit of the social media pressure and a little bit of the being out there and saying, look, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. And I think, um, you know, I think the social media piece was was absolutely helpful in, in, in Chris Jones getting what he needed and obviously what the Chiefs wanted. Great couple of weeks, obviously, for Chiefs fans, the Patrick Mahomes extension and now Chris Jones's uh, contract here. Uh, but you alluded to some possible consequences uh, for the Chiefs going forward. Yeah, I think when you start, now that you've got Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes, and other players getting into these mega, mega deals, right? Look, let's be honest. There's only, there's a cap, and that's why they call it a cap, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because the the Chiefs have to find a way to stay under a certain amount of expenditure as it relates to, um, you know, their 
revenues, right? So whatever that number turns out to be, if there's a cap extension or a cap increase or whatever, based on the financials of, of the deals and all that stuff, there's, it's still a cap. And, and, and it's just like, it's just like anything. I mean, you can use so many analogies. Think about a, a, a jar of marbles, right? And, and if you've got to spread that jar of marbles out among 53 players, right? And, and you start giving a big pile of marbles to a few players, right? Using the visuals here, there's only going to be so many marbles left in that jar. And, and I think what it hurts, and, and just like I've said before, and I've been, I've been saying this for 25 you know, years, is that a lot of times the, the, these big numbers hurt the middle class player, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and so you get a player who's, who's a, you know, a mid-level starter or, or a consistent backup and, you know, they're hitting that, you know, five, six, seven year range where now they're hitting their prime earning years. And if they're not in the, the arena of a, uh, you know, I'll use Mitchell Schwartz, right, is probably the team's top offensive lineman. Um, I'll use, you know, the Frank Clarks, the Chris Jones, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes quarterbacks are in a different, a different world, but like those middle players, right. Who are solid starters, um, you know, that, that are, 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 are hovering around that, that, that thing. There's, there's not going to be that many marbles left in the jar Mm -hmm. when they're just passing out all these marbles. And, and, and so I worry about the three, four year, you know, kind of, chemistry of what this team is going to look like when you think about, you know, some of the players that are, you know, I was, I was writing, you know, things down, you know, the Alex Okafers of the world, um, you know, some future free agents that are coming up, right. Sammy Watkins could be one of them. Uh, LDT could be one of them, right. Uh, Damian Wilson. I mean, those were some names that I was thinking about as players who are, you know, could could make the team very top heavy those mid to upper tier contracts that where are the chiefs going to come up with the money you know it's not magic it's not it just doesn't happen it, it, there is a cap so the long term ramifications of these big deals obviously you know take effect great great point and i think the the names you listed off are actually guys who i i would not expect to be with the team long in the future. But again, I didn't expect, I was shocked that they brought Watkins back and were able to re-sign uh, Jones. Yeah, for the short term, boy, do things line up great for the Chiefs. Sure. I mean, returning all their, uh, the, the whole coach, coaching staff, 20 of 22 starters. And you're right, the long term, I think it's going to get a little dicey. They can only uh, pay so many people. But hey, at least they've got Mahomes under contract. And when you have him under contract, mm-hmm. I mean, you should, I really think, that, that's when you look at the great quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers has only been to one Super Bowl, but every year they have a chance. And I think yeah. the Chiefs, you're right, that there are going to be some contractual concerns coming up. But I think every year for a decade, you know, barring injuries or something crazy, they'll, they'll be contenders. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it just, it's really just about the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and look, that's where great GMs, great head coaches, great ownership, that's where they come into play. You know, um, you, you look at what the Patriots have been able to do and, and were able to do um, with with Tom Brady and the cast of characters that kind of came in and out of, of that organization over those years, right? And for them to to win multiple Super Bowls over many years and, like you said, and use the Aaron Rodgers analogy, always in the hunt, right? Um, certainly when you have a core group of players at the level of the Chris Jones and the Frank Clarks and the Patrick Mahomes, of course, you're going to have a shot, right? Um, each and every year. 
Um, and that's what, you know, that's what the Chiefs are doing. They're, they're going for the run it back this year. They're thinking about building that core. And now for the future, if they are going to be in the Packers, Patriots sort of category of, okay, are we a real, you know, is this a real franchise? Uh, Cowboys did it many years ago, right, with Troy Aikman, right? They mm-hmm. were always in the hunt, right? Um, I think about, you know, some of those teams, the 49ers go way, way back, right, to the Montana Young era. Uh, you know, they, were al- they always had that core talent, no matter who was the supporting cast, they always mm-hmm. had that. So um, it's, it's um, you know, it's really interesting to see how, how the coaching staff, the management, and the ownership will work together over the course of the next, you know, let's call it three to five years to see if we can become one of those those organizations that has a shot every year based on the core because there's a lot of work you have to do with building that chemistry year in and year out. Uh, last thing here, Joe, before we wrap up. Um, so again, this, this the Chiefs are in great shape for the 2020 season. Uh, with Chris, I think the only question mark really had been Chris Jones maybe holds out, maybe something, and then again, 20 of 22 starters back. But so they're in such great shape. I think anyone would call them the favorites. Thoughts on the 2020 season, though? Are, are you getting a little nervous? We're talking off air a little bit about this. Well, you know, Jeff, I am. And I'll tell you why. There's, there was an old saying. I'll share an old saying from the locker room that we used to have. And, and I don't know if I've ever said this before on one of our pods, but when the coach stops yelling at you, it's time to worry. And we used to say that for a couple of reasons because – when the coaches are yelling at you, it means they, they love you, you know, and, and I think that goes for anything in life, right? It, it, whether it's parenting, whether it's working in a workplace, like when people care enough to show emotions, it means they care and they want you to get better. So when the coaches, you know, I used to love it, actually, I learned, or at least I learned to love it when the coaches would coach me and yell at mm-hmm. me and say, Joe, you got to do better. And you got because they care, they want you to be better. When the coaches stop yelling at you, you need to worry because you're like, oh boy, do they just not even care about me? And I used to see it all the time when the coaches would stop putting in the effort and just being like, hey, good, you know, good job, Joe. Good job, so-and-so. It was like, oh, that person's gone. Like there's, because, yeah, yeah, because the the coaches don't have the time or the Mm -hmm. energy to put it into the players that they know aren't going to be there long-term. So I'm making that analogy as a, a like an aside to give everybody a peek into the the psyche of 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 an NFL player but also the fact that it's gotten really quiet about what the season's going to look like. I just haven't seen anything. So I'm, I'm in that mode right now where the coaches aren't yelling, like no one's talking, right? Roger Goodell's not talking. The ownership's not talking. No one's meeting. No one's, I, don't, I haven't seen any plans for the season. Like I haven't heard about new helmets or face masks that players can wear, or what it's going to look like with no fans and fans and TV contracts. Like it's gone eerily quiet. And I don't know if you're feeling that way, Jeff. You're probably so much more tied into the media than I am at this point. So I don't know if you're sensing the same thing or maybe I'm just not looking hard enough for some signs that this season is going to happen. There, there were a couple things. Oakley has been uh, coming up. There's been some talks about that they'll have a special face mask um, with some breathability, but also to, to have some mask-like effects to prevent uh, the coronavirus. There's been some talks with the NFL PA, you know, about how to structure things if games are missed. But what is 
theory. I, I totally agree. Since the Chiefs are the first team to start, you know, they're the defending champion. Uh, they start on that Thursday game. They and the Texans, their rookies can actually show up Saturday, apparently scheduled. And you've heard nothing about – I mean, that's that's just days away here. And this pod is going live here on Tuesday. It is weird that you haven't heard, like, oh, yeah, in two days guys can start coming and then then training camp shortly after it. So th- the training camp part I think is really – Weird. It seems like in some of these places, you know, we're playing the Texans who should be able to start uh, up Saturday, and that's that's a real hot spot. Are these guys really going to be able to go to the facility? That that part scares me. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's you know it's just for me at least, and I, I know there's probably other folks out there that are a lot more tied in, you know, with with the news. Um, but I just I just for me as you know, it's gotten kind of quiet, and I'm 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 worried about that. I, I you know I. With what's what happened, you know, obviously, you know, um, college, there's been some talk and some consternation around, you know, some like the Big Ten conference saying we're mm-hmm. only going to play conference games. Right. Um, you know, the Ivy League um, has canceled all fall sports. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, that's college and nobody, you know, no one there is getting, quote, paid to play. Um, but, you know, when you hear things like that, you don't know how far that's going to go. And you hear these stories of, you know, in baseball, for example, I know major leagues had a little bit of a, a, let's call it a mini outbreak, so to speak from some, some spring trainings that they're having and basketball. I think I, I haven't heard anything about the whole NBA tournament. Have you Jeff? I mean, as far as that tournament they were going to have, and there was some talk of that, you know, 22 team, you know, NBA championship tournament down in Orlando. I haven't seen anything or heard anything more on that. Um, so if that stuff's not happening, I just, it scares me a little bit. Right, right. There's certainly a lot of uncertainty in there, but what is certain is some very positive news for yeah. Chiefs fan. Great couple of weeks. Mahomes is locked uh, into a, a long-term deal. Uh, Chris Jones, who we feared might hold out, um, is locked in to a deal. So uh, some great times ahead for the Chiefs. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.